Boris unwraps the from around his waist and walks over to the table. The in his hands, heavy and appealing. He it in front of me before whispering, Guten Appetit. <laughs> you gotta get out. We will not record the rest of this episode. <laughs> I am going nowhere, Nicole. <laughs> Hi, Bill. How are you? Um, I'm doing pretty good. Um, yeah, no real reason why. Just, you know, I don't feel like uh, the world is crumbling around me. Today, anyway. That's good. At this moment. We call that progress. <laughs> yeah. In the words of uh, Kelly from Insecure, you know what that is? Growth. <laughs> good job. Good job. Um, I'm excited about today's episode. Yeah, me too. Because, again, <laughs> it's... <laughs> you laugh, man. It's that thing of, like, you don't think you fancy someone. Mm-hmm. Or you don't think... You think, oh, I fancy them, but, you know, in a regular, normal way. Right, right. And then you start delving. Yes. And you come out the other side a changed woman. Yes. <laughs> okay, yes. <laughs> um, now, I have liked this man since, oh, my gosh, 2000. Uh-huh. Oh my God, that's almost 18 years. It's Listen, 18 years. A solid chunk of your life. Oh my gosh. Right. Um, yeah, so he's been around for a minute uh-huh. and there has never been any doubt that he was a beautiful man to look at. Right. You know, um, yeah. like objectively, this guy can be blue. This man is very, very hot. Yes. Yeah, just symmetrically pleasing. Yes. Yeah. Hmm. <sighs> um, we're talking about Boris Kojo. Say that name again, Nicole. <laughs> Boris Kojo. Bitch. What kind of quiet storm radio voice was that? <laughs> yes. But it's interesting you use that voice because that's the voice that Boris Kojo inspires in me. I want to kind of be like whispers. <laughs> of, Hi, Boris. <laughs> like he just has, he's so beautiful to look at. The first time I saw him, I think I laughed out loud because I was like, what the fuck? <laughs> I'm sorry, what? <laughs> what is that? I'm sure I did a double take when I saw him. Yes. Uh He's just solid looking. Yeah. He's like a barn door, but like a hot one. Yeah. Like one that's really been decorated for the holidays. He looks like <laughs> a warm chocolate chip cookie. Listen. Or some kind of like soft sable blanket. Mm. You know, just something mm. to just like throw over yourself and just keep you warm and mm. you know, cozy in the winter months. Mm. It's like a hearty stew. Yeah. yeah. You know how I feel about a little slim man I, and he's tall. Yes. Yeah. Yeah. Like I look at him and I, I instantly imagine uh, a West African uh, place setting. <laughs> and it has fufu and it has some stew, some granite stew, you know. It just some sauerkraut on the side, though. Right. Because he is ha- way to call out his heritage. Yes, he's half German. And I appreciate you bringing up sauerkraut next to fufu. Because that's exactly what he is. He's fufu wrapped in, in, in sauerkraut. Wow. Oh my god, guys! I think we have just solved so many problems right here. This is like a math equation that no one even knew was being said. I don't even know how that would taste. I don't think you need to even examine how it would taste. The point is, the metaphor is solid, and I like where your heads at. That's right, Boris Kojo, thirst object extraordinaire, culturally interesting sauerkraut and fufu. Wow, we have a title. Um, <laughs> sauerkraut. <laughs> I can't. Oh, but you can, and I you can. will. I can. Yes. <laughs> Oh, oh, Boris. Yeah, Boris. Yeah. Let's let's get into Boris. <laughs> so, Nicole. Yes, Ben. Um, 
Boris Kojo is a singularly attractive man. Yes, absolutely. Okay, I think it's safe to say that there is no one else in Hollywood who looks quite like him. Not at all. Okay. Not at all. So we're just establishing some facts here, yeah. first bucket. All right. <laughs> what is it about Boris Kojo that strikes you first? I have never seen a person mm. who is just uniformly one color. Yes. Just, I mean, like his skin. I'm sorry. I, mean, <laughs> I didn't expect you to say that. I have to be honest. That's, I, I was taken aback by that. I was like, wait, what? Where is she going? You know, uh-huh. One, one color. Great. I mean, okay. Like it's beyond even skin tone. You right. know what I'm saying? Like right, it's right, just, right. he's just smooth and creamy all over. I'm so, I'm so sorry. I'm so sorry. I, I tried to warn you. You did. You did. <laughs> today was going to be a day. I mean, you did. And even now your eyes are telling me today's going to be a day. So you know what he reminds me of? You know, just you talking about a uniform color. Mm-hmm. He's like, you know how they dip the Oscar statuettes? Yeah. And then it's like a perfect, like you said, an even. Yeah. You know, that's the one thing that Oscar definitely has. Yeah. He, he's an evenly, you know, toned mm-hmm. thing. Mm-hmm. And I feel like Boris Kojo is a human embodiment of that Oscar. Like he's just dipped perfectly yeah. in this wonderful, smooth, rich, like you said, creamy brown. Yeah. And you're right. He is absolutely even toned. Yeah. See, me, because mm. I am Southern, uh-huh. I think of food and I just, I just, I see a scoop of ice cream that mm-hmm. somebody has poured caramel all over. Yeah. And well, just, well, 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 say that again. Caramel. Car- caramel. <laughs> Huh? Say it, say it again, please. No. Because okay. <laughs> he's just so smooth. You know, his bald head, you know, I like hair, but I will yeah. allow. Oh, how generous of yes. you. Thank you. Um, for his baldness to reign supreme in my life. Oh, my Jesus. Um, <laughs> I, <laughs> so the, I hate you so much. I just have this vision of somebody just, you know, squeezing some caramel down over a wow. big old scoop of ice cream. My eyes are closed right now because I'm picturing it. But it's just like just. I have and, to say that hand motion is very disconcerting. I'm sorry. I don't know like, where to look. He's just so pretty. He is. He and I think that's the thing is that yes, he's even toned, which mm-hmm. is a thing I didn't even know was hot until Boris <laughs> Kojo. But he's also he's very handsome. Yeah, like his face is a classically handsome face. Yeah, and it's the, the face is a top. A classically attractive, tall person's body. Yes. Like, he's six foot something. Yeah. And he's broad with it. Like, even though he looks <sighs> slim, yeah, he's solid looking. Yeah. I mean, like I said, a barn door. He's just heavy, reinforced, mm-hmm, mm-hmm, you know, mm-hmm. strong, probably can withstand fire. Yeah. You know? Yeah. He, um, okay, let's just look at his face just very quickly because... I'm very happy to do so, yes. Um. Sometimes, like, his... He's got a little, like, pert nose, kind of, you know. You look almost, what's the word I'm looking for here? Your fingers are on your nose right now as you're describing Boris's nose. He has yeah. a pert nose, you're saying? Yeah, maybe pert isn't the right term, but it's like... It's slightly snub. No, not snub. It's it's a little doggyish. <laughs> but not... not let's not, let's no, not do not this. No, not like in a bad way. Like, you know, like a cute little doggy. <laughs> Stop. <laughs> you want to boop it? Uh, oh, my sweet love. Boop his nose stop. with the boob. Stop. 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 <laughs> Nicole, I, I, I can't. Just carry on. Carry on with your description. Okay, but like... It's a very cute nose. It's a cute little nose. Mm-hmm. You know. He has the fullest bottom lip, I think, of any thirst object that we have ever 
profiled on this on this show. Mm. Would you agree? Mm. His bottom lip is so heavy. It's so full. Hmm. I don't know, but I think he has a very wide mouth. Yes. So that's that. Oh, maybe that's why. Yeah. Because it's so wide, there's just so much. Yeah. I mean, I'm not mad at that right. like, configuration. I think right. that's a good thing. I think I could fit my fist in his mouth. Wow. Okay. Um, <laughs> <laughs> I don't know what's happening to me. <laughs> I think you do know what's happening to you. Listen, so, so he has this, like we've said, cute nose, yeah, full mouth, big, yeah. big, like a wide, a good mouth. Yeah, I'm, I'm running out of words. eyebrows. So, so my next thing was going to be the eyebrows because, mm-hmm. as we've established over time, I am drawn very much to a man's eyebrows. Mm-hmm. I think the thicker the better. Mm-hmm. <laughs> and I think that Boris Kojo's eyebrows are like just, you know, two very hungry caterpillars. <laughs> Just kind of dancing across this perfect visage, like you said, of this even-toned, bald head. Like, they, they, they're floating in the middle of this even-toned face. Yeah. And they're just nice to look at. They make yeah. him look, again, like a responsible man. Yeah. Like someone who takes care of his finances. Yeah. And um, he's got, like, kind of teddy bear button eyes. Yeah. You know, so then you have these striking eyebrows yes. above them. Yeah. They're yeah. gleaming. They're like a shiny, shiny brown. He looks very healthy. He looks like he takes vitamins. <laughs> you know what I mean? He's lit from within. He's he's very he's so handsome that I'm literally describing him in terms of his vitamin intake. But I feel like he has an iron rich diet because his skin yes. and his eyes are bright and yes. they are alive. And I'm just like, wow, could I look like this if I also took care of my health? Who can say? Yes. But with Boris, you see it so clearly. He not only works out as we can tell by his body. Mm-hmm. Mm. <laughs> and his past because he used to be a model he used to be a model he was in the red light special video by TLC <laughs> yeah he was baby it's yours all yours <laughs> <laughs> that's Boris Kojo live and exclusive I just he <laughs> he is so handsome that we have been giggling now for a solid few minutes Seriously. Just talking about how beautiful he is. Yes. But yeah, like he, he is tall, he is broad, mm-hmm. he is fit. Mm-hmm. And I will say that after he finished his modeling career and he yeah. started to do acting, mm. um, you can see the progression of his talent as an actor because, you know, sometimes he wasn't as strong as he could be in right. the roles that he right. was playing. But now uh-huh. I think that he's he's pretty he does some pretty solid work. So this is the thing. As we've mentioned before, Everyone in this studio has a big thing about competency. Mm-hmm. And I love a competent man. I think we it's very safe to say that we have a competency kink. <laughs> like, if you're good at your fucking job, I'm like, rah, where do I marry you? Because yeah. I do think that there is something very attractive about dedicating yourself to a craft and then actually growing in it. As we mentioned, you know what that is? Growth. <laughs> Growth is hard. And you're right. He started off as, you know, I wouldn't say wooden, but I would say wood adjacent. Yes. And he has evolved into... A much better actor. Yes. And that's good for everyone. Absolutely. I mean, right now he's on Station 19 on ABC, which I am watching and enjoying. Yeah. I mean, listen, (laughs) may Shonda's money never end. Listen, um, he is set for life off of that right there. I mean, syndication money for him. But yeah, but he is, again, he may not be somebody that you would say, oh, he needs an Emmy or an Oscar, Mm -hmm. but he does what he needs to do and you don't feel like he's dragging down the project around him. Right. Now, his film work, Mm. because he's mostly been in television shows and some of his film work is not the best, right? I Um, I don't don't think he gets great scripts. I don't think so. I don't think he is of the uh, level of uh, stardom Mm -hmm. uh, or or listy, whatever, where he gets, I don't think there, I don't think there are many 
situations where he is the first person offered right a thing and that's not that's no disrespect to him i think it's you know a comment on how hollywood works and who is allowed to ascend and who fits where i will say that his his work does include especially his earlier work includes Mm -hmm. a lot of black led film yes so he's very prominent for black audiences who know him you know partly because of his you know professional life but also his personal life which we will get to um very very briefly never fear but mm-hmm. i think that there is something to be said for the kinds of roles that he goes for and as a consequence the kind of roles that he then gets uh approached to do mm-hmm. you know it's very much chicken and egg right yeah yeah so i i'm not that's no diss on boris at all but yeah you're right like he 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 is known for his tv work mm-hmm. but he has done some films and in fact He's a, one of my favorite and one of your least favorite films. <laughs> um, <laughs> we'll get to it. But before that, he was on TV in yeah. a show. And you remember seeing him and loving him. And why did you love it, Nicole? Okay. <laughs> I This is about Soul Food, the uh-huh. TV series based on the film. Yep. <laughs> Boris played Damon, mm-hmm. who was the love interest of Terry, as played by Nicole Ari Parker, who eventually became his wife. Oh, love. I right? love black love. Yeah. Now, this show was out, I guess, um, obviously, I'm going to date myself. I think I was in high school, maybe early college, something like that. Mm-hmm. And um, my mother watched this show. My mother and my sister watched this show faithfully. Mm-hmm. And I remember being home I guess it must have been college I was home watching the show with my mom as like a bonding moment because that's you know mm-hmm. come watch this show with me Damon and Terry were doing it okay <laughs> or they were about to they were I mean we've mentioned this before um, Nicole is actually a poet um, she's a very well regarded <laughs> poet and every so often on this show she says yeah they're doing it and I'm just like wow all I the mean, words at her disposal and she's chosen the two most compelling in the English language to describe the act of love <laughs> they're doing it carry I mean, on yeah um, <laughs> I love how defiant you are like I mean yeah <laughs> And at one point, he is on his knees. Terry is on the edge of the bed, and he mm-hmm. is on his knees in front of her, doing what he needs to be doing while he's on his knees. <laughs> and I will never forget it, because I think it might have been the first time I've seen that on in a television show. Oh, regardless of race? Regardless of race. Wow. At that time. How powerful. Yes. And his back took up the whole screen. <laughs> I mean, there was nothing that they that frame of him Mm. was so tight. Mm -hmm. (laughs) Um, But his back, because like you said, you would you wouldn't really think that a man so slender Mm -hmm. would be so broad. Mm. But he is. He is that uh, inverted triangle that Mm. a lot of men try to go for. Right. The broad shoulders and the slim hips. Mm. That's what he is. And his back. And again, it was so smooth and buttery. Yeah. And I don't you know, first of all, it was an uncomfortable moment because I'm watching it with my mother. I mean, you know. And I don't remember exactly what my mother said, but I know she said something (laughs) that was just like, oh, my God, you know, (laughs) but I was blown away. Sure. And I will never forget it. Terry was also blown away. Listen, (laughs) I will never forget it as long as I live. This is the this is the bit where I submit this part of the conversation and say, now, if anyone ever comes to me and tells me that TV is incapable of making art, I will say nay. (laughs) Sir, madam, I direct you to soul food for the scene that Nicole just described, because I haven't even I don't remember seeing this and I want to watch it immediately. It was really good because his character, Damon, Mm -hmm. um, was basically like a boy toy for Terry for a while. 
and then she got caught up and he got caught up and mm. they had this you know love story that went in and out you know that was I'm so sorry <laughs> oh wait no I don't mean that I meant, <laughs> I meant to say off and on I'm so sorry oh my god <laughs> that was a genuine mistake where the fuck is your head today I love it um, but I do have a clip. Obviously, it's not the the cunnilingus clip. Oh <laughs> <laughs> I don't know. I don't know how the devil got into you today. But you need I, to you need I, to remove the devil. You know what it is? Tomorrow is a full moon. Oh, okay. There you go. Yeah. All mm-hmm, right. Mm-hmm. <laughs> so you brought a clip. I do have a clip mm-hmm. because um, at one point Terry begins having panic attacks. She is the sister who is always on top of everything the Mm -hmm. competent sister the one Mm -hmm. that everybody goes to because Mm -hmm. she's organized she takes care of everything she is on her business like we said before black girl magic that is actually black girl stress and just you know mental health breakdown etc yes Um, so she's been having panic attacks and um, he's trying to encourage her to get help okay you are so important to your family you're so important to Moore and Freeman you're so important to all the charities you support and and the committees you're on Please, decide that one day you're going to be that important to yourself. I'm very important to me. No, 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 you're not. You know how I know? If this was happening to Bird or Maxine, you wouldn't stop until you made them get professional help. You'd pay for it if you had to, and you'd convince them that the only thing that mattered was their health. He's not wrong, you know. Right. He is not wrong. Right. And I appreciate him uh, in the course of telling her about taking care of her mental health. I appreciate that he was also yelling at her because (laughs) (laughs) I'm just kind of like, bro, I feel like that's counterintuitive. But also, I I hear what he was saying. Yeah. It's an important lesson in 2000. It's an important lesson now, Nicole. Yes. I appreciate that. Get help. Get help. What you do for others, you can do for yourself. Exactly. And if if that advice is coming from an even skin toned young gentleman (laughs) called Boris Kojo, all the better. And I love it because like you said, she went on to become his wife. He went on to become her husband mm-hmm. love blooms it's amazing <laughs> i love it I and love they've it. been together for a very long time very they long have time they have two, two or three children? Two children yeah a boy and a girl yeah and they are lovely with them yeah and i see them doing all their all their causes because their daughter has spina bifida right and they do lots of charity work and they are just this love i mean i look at them and i'm like oh black love it's real yeah how nice yeah and yeah. you know soul food um soul food kind of gets uh, tossed in with like black drama stuff mm, and mm. whatever but they were doing a lot of good work you know obviously talking about mental health issues talking about generational curses within yep. families talking about wealth generational wealth yep. things like that so mm-hmm. soulful was actually a really good show and if you haven't seen it if you mm-hmm. can find a way to go back and check it out um also just beautiful black people right just <laughs> i mean <laughs> I, mean, I love how you're chuckling. Everyone was so hot. But it's true. It's, yeah. a, it's a very attractive scene. In many ways, I remember thinking about it when Being Mary Jane happened. Mm, and mm-hmm. I was like, oh, I love this idea of a family. It's generational, like you said. It's discussing all these things that come along with just, you know, existing in a family of people mm-hmm. who are all very complex. And so mm-hmm. if we got there first and did it well, yeah. and I'm, I'm glad, yeah, I'm glad I watched it then. And I'm glad, you know, we are linking back to it now. Yeah. You've got to respect the culture, Nicole. Absolutely. Nothing is new under the sun. Literally nothing.
what's out today mm. has happened before. The things that we're looking at on TV has happened before. Maybe because Soulful was on HBO, mm. it didn't, you know, people didn't have as much access to it as something like Scandal or How to Get Away with Murder or something mm. like that. But these shows were there and they kind of paved the way and we should not forget them. We should not, especially not when they star Boris Kojo, <laughs> our very, very attractive first object today. So you you, you brought up Soul Food. Mm-hmm. I want to bring up uh, a movie that I really love. And I, this is, when I say I love it, I don't mean I am unaware of its flaws or its faults, mm-hmm. of which there are many. Mm-hmm. But I also know <laughs> that I love what I love. And when I, th- let me just be honest, I'm talking about brown sugar. Now, <sighs> you don't have to sigh heavily into the mic. How you feel about brown sugar is how I feel about Love Jones. And you oh, know what? Oh my gosh. And you know what? Isn't it amazing that we're still friends despite this? Yes. Okay, good. <laughs> So Brown Sugar is not even about Boris Kojo's character. Like, he's very much a supporting actor. Right. It's about um, Sidney and Dre, who were played by Sanaa Lathan and Tay Diggs, and their respective partners played by, again, real-life couple, Nicole Ari Parker and Boris Kojo. Mm-hmm. Now, this movie uh, came out in 2002. So a couple of years after, you know, Soul Food and they had been, you know... Mm-hmm. He, Boris Kojo was out in the world, essentially, right. in 2002. Yeah. And he plays a professional basketball player called Kelby Dawson. Now, <laughs> first of all, Kelby is a ridiculous name. I'm sorry. I it, just Yeah, it just is. Kelby. Yeah. What is that? I mean, I understand it's a name, but also what? what? And this is from someone called Bim. Anyway, <laughs> he is Kelby and he is uh, pursuing the Sinalathan character, Sidney. Um, <laughs> I'm sorry, I'm getting excited because I know, I know the clip we're about to play. Anyway, Sydney is kind of in love with her childhood friend, Dre, who's played by Tay Diggs, which, why? But Boris Kojo's character, Kelby, appears on the scene. He, he, she does an interview with him for her magazine. Let's not forget that the, her way of starting every interview in this movie is so, when did you first fall in love with hip hop? Which is ridiculous. I mean, it's truly ridiculous. Anyway, she interviews him. They have a conversation. He talks about blah, blah, blah. And before this, can we just say she's reluctant to interview this ball player? Right. She's reluctant. And he sets up the interview. He refuses to be with, you know, to have anyone else interview him yes. because he wants to hit on her. He, he wants, wants to hit on her. He wants to date her. So there is a power differential here that we must absolutely yes. talk about. Yes. Like Nicole says, this movie is trash, but I love trash. I am, in fact, a raccoon. So, and I, you know, and I would just like to point out that that does not happen. The thing is, and this is the key thing, and I have to stress this, Sydney is 100% professional. Oh, yeah. She's like, I don't have time. I have this, I have whatever. And, you know, I just want to put that out there because there is a weird narrative out there about journalists sleeping with their sources. Mm-hmm. And I'm tired of it, personally speaking, as a female journalist. But that's Mm -hmm. a story for another day. Anyway, the clip that we're going to play now is when they have gone on their day. You know, he kind of woos her. He sends like five million red roses, which is overkill. Men do not do that. He you can do it to me. I like that. <laughs> oh, bitch, please. I do. I'm, I trying, to make, I'm trying to make a point here. I'm You're sorry. like, okay. <laughs> She's like, you can do it to me. Fam, please. I'm literally in the middle of my feminist rant. You're kind of like, hey, you can send it to me, Nicole. Care of BuzzFeed, please. Anyway. He sends the flowers. She agrees to go on a date with him because she's like, oh, I guess. Because, you know, on some level, I suppose it is flattering in a way. Because he's not being creepy with it. We have to be very clear. Yeah. He's just sending the flowers. I'm sure she said no, he would have backed off eventually. I'm sure. Mm-hmm. Anyway, she goes on the date. And this is them walking back. At this point, I think he closed out the restaurant. He's cooking in the fucking... Yes, he closed down the restaurant and yeah. cooked for her. He cooks for her. And I'm sorry, but it turns out I'm basic as fuck because that is hard. <laughs> and he, uh, he, he comes over. They eat. They talk. They laugh. And then they're walking home and... This clip is, I don't know why it's so effective, but it's, I'm grinning. I can't even speak through my grin. I'm so happy. (laughs) Roll tape. 
So, so you're used to guys closing down restaurants on their busiest nights, huh? Commandeering the kitchen, serving you like a queen. You're used to all that, huh? Are you ball players? Nah, I didn't think so. You think you're gonna get some booty, don't you? Well, yeah. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> that's the plan. One of these days. Come on, that's what this is all about. You know, the dating, the awkward walks home. That's what men and women do. You got it all figured out, don't you? I'm just trying to be straight up. <laughs> you put a man and a woman together long enough, and something's gonna go down. Well, what makes you think you're gonna be around long enough for something to go down? Well, I think I got a pretty good shot. It's not that good, especially outside 20 feet. And you could work on that D a little, too. <laughs> oh, really? Really. Okay. Come here. Nothing but net. Bitch. Well, <laughs> so <laughs> there are two things that I want to point out about that scene. The way he pulls her in when he says, come here. Yes. She's walking slightly ahead. Yes. And he reaches for her arm. Yes. And he pulls her in and yes. she goes willingly because, hey, <sighs> and he says, come here. And it's just a little bit guttural. I love when men say, come here. Like when you're already kissing or like in this like, you know, passionate moment and they're just like, come here. Oh, my God. <laughs> I have sent them at least two other clips of men on TV saying, come here in these like kissing moments. I mean, I, I posted I posted a moment myself. I love Nicole. You and I are in this regard, thirst twins. Yes. Because I love it. I love finding one. I'm going, Nicole, look, are you like them? <laughs> Bitch, I've seen it. And I love it. But one of the ones I really love is from Star Trek. Yes. And it's Ash and yes. Michael Burnham. Yes. <laughs> oh, my God. Sometimes okay. I look across the studio and I think, wow, it's me. <laughs> anyway, anyway, yes. he says that. So that's the part one. Uh-huh. The second part of that is her breathless response after the kiss. And this kiss is full of, like, my favorite kind. It's like lots of little pecs and it's like, you know, long drawers and, and, and all that stuff. And then he goes, how was that? And she says, nothing but net. <laughs> Bitch. <laughs> I love the little music that comes in. Yes. Like you just in case you forgot this was a black movie. Yes. Here is some House of Bass. <laughs> I love it. So this is what I mean when I say I cannot hate this movie because it has moments like that. And Boris Kojo generates so much chemistry with Sanar, which I think is wonderful because I just want to see I want to see representations of this kind of relationship where, I don't know, it doesn't seem like it was forced. It doesn't seem as though we are trying to make fetch happen. Yeah. Fetch is already happening. Yeah. And they're both these, you know, they're both attractive. And, you know, you feel in that moment, you know, the little smiles that they capture the feeling of that first day that has gone really well. Yeah. And, you know, he's walking her home. He's got his hands in his pocket. Yeah. And she's wearing her dress. And she's, you know, that, that whole banterous thing when he's like, I got a, you know, good shot. And she's like, mm, it's not that good. Yeah. And we all know we're lying. We're, yes. like, we're having fun. And it's like the back and forth, <laughs> the trading or something. It is such a chemistry laden scene and when I think about I mean I said this to Nicole when we decided we were doing Boris I literally said nothing but net I think about that scene maybe once a month because it's so good and Sanaa has really been better and I bloody love it Oh, Nicole, I just love brown sugar, okay? Okay, it's fine. You can you can <laughs> wow, I was like begrudging wow. <laughs> I do I mean I will watch the movie mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Um, but if I'm like at home by myself watching it, mm-hmm. I will fast forward through most of 
Tay's part. That's I fair. Think. I think um, that is entirely fair. Although I do love the clink clink my divorce. Yes, my, you sister, know? <laughs> my sister and I quote that pretty much every week. We're here to celebrate what clink clink my divorce. <laughs> I love. I mean, listen, Tay Diggs is in many ways very very basic, but again, talk about perfectly cast. Yeah, he really he's Dre in this movie. It's, yeah. it's very well done. And there's something. I'll have to think and like, you know, analyze it a little later. But there's something about Tay Diggs whose film work is very, very black. Mm. And his TV work is very not black. Mate, you should write a piece on this because I would read the fuck out of it. Because I've thought about this several times. Yeah. yeah. It's very interesting. It's interesting. Yeah. Um, but there's one moment in Brown Sugar. That you don't fast forward through? That I do not fast forward through. It again features Boris and mm. Sanaa. And... I love it because it's me. Okay. (laughs) Wow, what an introduction. (laughs) But if you've ever wondered, what is it like to go on a date with Nicole? Uh I'm going to play this clip and you will find out. Oh, Jesus. There you go. Thank you. (sighs) Mm. (laughs) Mmm. That's good coffee. Mm. That's really good. Yeah, I uh, I got it from Balducci's. Mm. It's a great aroma. <clears throat> Let's have sex now. Let's. Kelby and Sydney are sitting on her couch after coming back from the date. date, From the date, yeah. She's giving him some coffee, you know, and they're just kind of looking around awkwardly. And then finally, she's like, "Okay, let's go. Let's go do it." (laughs) He's like, "Yes, that is how I am. I don't want to beat around the bush." (laughs) (laughs) I love that scene because the way. I mean, first of all, you can tell because film props and whatever are ridiculous. Those cups are clearly empty, empty as hell. Like she comes in and they're dangling, and it's like. Bro, there's no coffee in this cup. <laughs> but then they do their fake sips and then, you know, they're nodding. And when he when he inhales and he's like, mm, great aroma. And I'm like, what the fuck is this conversation? It's so cringy and perfect because you're just kind of like, how do we advance this shit yes, quicker? Yes. She's like, oh, it's a great aroma. She's like, yes, thank you, Baldi. She's who the fuck cares the provenance of the coffee? And then she's like, you know what? Fuck it. Let's go do that now. And, yes. and I love it because his response is let. Yes. And that's why the lesson here is enthusiastic consent yet again. <laughs> Just put it out there. What do you want? Sex. Okay. <laughs> That's it. That's the lesson. I love I So this is it. So, Nicole, you see now that Brown Sugar does have merits. I mean, I never said that it did not. Okay, that's fair. But I'm saying that a lot of the merit is wrapped up in Boris's character. Yes. And that's really something because this movie, like we said, is not about him. Right. And that he says is something. Just, he is one of the conduits to get Sydney and Dre together. Right. And yet his storyline is compelling in and of itself. And there are so many little bits in this because he doesn't have a lot of lines in this movie because, you know, it's not about him. Mm -hmm. But there are a couple. And there's one bit which is soundtrack, I think, by Indiari's Get It Together, which, like Nicole said, this is a black ass black movie. (laughs) Um, And he is in the kitchen cooking something and she's kind of walking behind him um, and she, he's, he he makes her taste something that he's cooking. <laughs> that sounds so weird. He he puts he, she she licks something from the wooden spoon. He's stirring something in the pot, and she smiles and she's like, mm, "Taste." You can tell because there, there is no there's no dialogue. Right. And then as she walks, I think as he walks back to the kitchen, she kind of smacks him on the butt. <laughs> and a part of me always just kind of goes, "Damn, that just looks nice." 
like, because as we know, domestic vim in the house. But he's cooking something, and she tastes it. She's like, "Yeah, carry on." I think she's, she's, I think she's writing something. Like she's busy at oh, work. Oh yeah, yeah, yeah. So she's tap tapping away on her laptop, looking at some papers. He brings the spoon over. She's like, mm, "Good, keep going." As he walks away, she's like, "Here's a little something for your trouble." Smack. And I'm like, "Yes, that's the shit. I love it so much." But Boris Kojo is so good, and he, you know, later in the film when Sydney and Dre have to get together, mm-hmm. and obviously that means his heart is a little bit broken, or at least his ego is bruised. Yeah. He plays hurt so well. Yeah. Like, he's just kind of like, you know what? Fuck you. You hurt me. Yeah. Everyone, he's not trying to be a grown-up about it. He's like, bitch, I loved you. Yeah. I think he's given her a wedding, an engagement ring at this point. Mm-hmm. And it's just kind of like, wow, yeah, be hurt. Yeah. Because, if I remember correctly, Sydney and Dre had always been denying their interest in each other. Yeah. And so there was all this kind of like, there's not just a betrayal of, oh, you're moving on to somebody else, but mm. like you've lied to me about this situation right. this whole time. And it never, it doesn't even matter that actually she, it wasn't a technical lie because, you know, they had resolved in their past that it was never going to happen. Right. So it's that thing about you people don't even know you're supposed to be together, but yeah. you are. So it felt like an extra betrayal, like you said, kind mm. of like, I thought you said this was not the thing. Mm-hmm. But Boris plays that really well. So what you were saying before about the progression of his acting talent. Yeah. That's really thrilling to see. Yeah. And he went on to get a, um, a lead in a TV show called Undercovers. It was only mm, one season. I know. I and know. I watched it or I tried to watch it mm. and I did not um, enjoy it as much as I would have liked because I felt there was not a lot of tension between uh, there was it was just he was married to a character played by Gugu Mbatha Raw and they were so perfect together. They um, were. You know in the first few episodes that I saw and I was just like okay what's the what's the tension keeping me looking at them, you mm. know? Because their banter was just very sweet and gooey, you know? Yeah. it was. And I know it's terrible to think, oh, what's the bad part of their relationship? And that's not what I'm saying. I'm not saying that there should have been, like, chronic cheating or, you know, anything awful going on. But I still just wanted something more compelling um, beyond just, like, oh, here's uh, two people in love. Mm. I mean, I think, I think that's fair. I mean, the, the way it was set up was that the, the tension was that um, they were returning to the field mm-hmm. um, after they had left the spy life behind mm-hmm. and so on. But you're right. I think there was a lack of general. I mean, I watched that series, too. I interviewed Gugu and Balthor Raw mm-hmm. earlier this year. And, you know, it's the same thing where it's like I was like, I really wanted that show to be big. Yeah. And she's a good actor. He's a good actor. Yeah. They did have like actual sexual chemistry. Yeah, the chemistry was good. It was great. But you're right. There was something lacking at its Cool. And shout out to JJ Abrams. He tried, man. He was trying yeah. to make a black alias. Yeah. <laughs> and the shit didn't quite work. But again, that is not down to Boris or even to Gugu or to JJ Abrams. I think it was, you know, it was the wrong time for the show. Yeah. And the, the show wasn't, you know, maybe the writing wasn't as tight as it could have been. But I will say that again, in that in that movie, because this appealed to me also, in that movie they they were professional uh catering business people. Yes. And I I mean we already know what my kink is and that's a man <laughs> cooking. I mean that's the thing like you would think I don't cook, but I actually cook really well. I just don't want to all the time. <laughs> and <laughs> so they play this married couple Steve and Samantha mm-hmm. and you know I remember thinking to myself, wow, how wonderful it would be if I was you know, at a place of work with my significant other and they were doing the stuff that I find attractive anyway. Yeah. Because, you know, in the beginning, you know, episodes, you would see them in like their chef whites and whatever. Yeah. And yeah. I was like, yeah, that's hot. Like, <laughs> I love it. And they were such a, like you said, a very attractive couple together. Mm-hmm. But yeah, and that was meant to be like, I think, at least I would have thought they had assumed this was going to be a big break. 
Yeah. And how sad that it didn't turn into that. Right. But that's not to say that he hasn't kept working because, well, Undercovers came out in... 2010. Right. So almost a decade has passed and Boris has been working. He has. He mm-hmm. has. He's been in uh, several TV shows like mm. Franklin and Bash. Uh-huh. Um he was in Real Husbands of Hollywood as himself. I loved him in that. <laughs> Thank you for bringing that up. Enough people didn't watch that show. It was funny. It's it was funny. so funny. It yeah. really was. It was so silly. And I think that's the thing as well. Like, he doesn't seem like the kind of person who does silly, silly comedy. Right, right. And it turns out he was very good at it. Because again, part of the tension was this tall, beautiful man being this <laughs> ridiculous Hollywood husband. Yes. Which I love. And nobody knew that Nelly couldn't read. That's why he started with the whole E-I-E-I. Uh-oh. He thought he was doing his vowels. <laughs> hey, man. Hey, brother. Hey. You talking about hey, me? Man, I was just saying, you know, you're the man. My man. Nah, he's dumb. He's really dumb. I think that's just, um, it speaks to people's inability to, to see beauty and humor together. Mm. You know? Speak on that, yes. Uh, in the same way that it's hard for people to find women funny, right? Well, mm. it's hard for men to admit. I'll say that. It's hard for men to admit that women are funny because it's like they just want to observe us, right? Mm. They just want to mm. be able to look at us and whatever. Mm. Um, and it's the same problem with like Chris Hemsworth, right? Mm-hmm. I've talked about that before, that he's funny, but he doesn't seem to get the roles or he wasn't at first that he could Mm -hmm. because he's just supposed to be beefcake. Yeah. Like a hot slab of meat. Yeah. And it turns out he's very, very funny. And Boris, he has exactly the same kind of thing where you look at him and you expect a certain thing. Mm -hmm. And instead it's like, no, my sense of humor is very deeply silly. Uh, (laughs) And the scripts are funny and he really performs. Like he really leans into it and he he, he goes for the ridiculous. Mm -hmm. Yeah. It's, it's a very good, yeah, he's very good in that. But then he's done other stuff as well. He did, you know, Crossing Jordan. He did Nip talk yeah for a little, I mean even before he was on Soulful he did a, a little sitcom one of my favourite sitcoms that was terrible uh, Eve oh yeah, yeah remember yeah, that yeah. yeah it was terrible on that yeah. as well um, so yeah he's had a career and then he's also done like you said some film as well yeah his film work like I said is not that great um, <laughs> how polite of you <laughs> he's been in stuff like Star Troopers 3 um, Surrogates Resident Evil Afterlife um, but also the sequel to Afterlife. Yeah, Retribution. There you go. He's been That's in two movie checks. Baggage claim. And it looks like he's going to be playing O.J. Simpson in a film called Nicole and O.J. next year, which... Yeah. Okay. I'm not excited about that. No. I'm not. I have to be very, very honest. No. But you know what? He is working mm-hmm. and he is making Hollywood work for him. Yes. And I cannot be mad at that. And yes. in the meantime, this year, like you said, he's in Station 19. He was also in the latest season or well, season six of House of Cards. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. So you know what? He is working and he's doing, like at this point, he is mixing in quite a bit of prestige, like House of Cards, you know, right. and, and network stuff and film work. Right. And you know, isn't that the dream for so many people in Hollywood? It really is. I want to go back to Station 19. Go on Very then. briefly. Because you love Station 19. I do. Yeah. Um, and I don't often stick with Shondaland properties. Because mm-hmm, um, mm-hmm. sometimes it gets a little too melodramatic for that's me. Fair. That's fair. Um, but I do enjoy uh, seeing the diversity that's on screen um, in the cast and production. Um, anyway, mm. Station 19. Firefighters. Mm-hmm. Love firefighters. <laughs> Your eyes are Boy. so wide right now. <laughs> 
Um, Boris plays Captain Robert Sullivan. He's he, a captain, huh? Yeah. He's oh, a black he, representation. <laughs> he's coming in uh, to the station house new. So everybody's kind of like... Uh, skeptical of him sure. and they're wary of him because he's also very strict. I mean, they just have to look into his chocolate brown eyes to well, realize that oh he's not that strict. <laughs> I'm so sorry. Carry on. He, um, he's very strict by the rules, mm-hmm. kind of, you know, whatever. Um, Hang on, are you saying he's a stern man? He's a very stern man. Which I gotta watch. In the, uh, in the series, he deepens his voice for the role. So he already has like a fairly deep voice. Wow. But wow, in wow, this wow. role, it's even deeper. I patch myself up, actually. I used to be a surgeon, right? Anesthesiologist before that. Now you're a firefighter. What's next? You decided yet? Sticking with firefighters, sir. Time will tell, I suppose. But while you are here, you should consider yourself and that hand of yours my assets. My asset belonged to the Seattle Fire Department. Here to serve with the residents of Seattle. And when you do things like burn your hand or leaving one of your own bleeding out in a stairwell, you risk losing one of my assets. The skyscraper was a complicated situation. You were assigned to reception. Keep the seat warm, answer the phones, without risking any more of my assets. Nicole, right. fetch me a cigarette, please. Thank Listen, you. Listen, and then we find out that he's been through some trauma. Oh, my God. Oh, my God. It's Girl. catnip. It's catnip. Girl. <laughs> But I will say he has not been shirtless yet. For fuck's sake. Why can't you get this one thing right, TV? <laughs> I think it's coming, though. I, <laughs> That's it's, what it's, she said. <laughs> 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 but he's starting to, like, his character is starting to loosen up a little is bit. Is that what and, he's doing? Yeah, <laughs> and realize that he has to connect with his crew. With, right. um I guess they're called a crew. Yeah. Um, so That's how you build trust, Nicole. Yes. you got to take your shirt off and bond yes. with your crew. Yeah. Yes. It's... <laughs> Uh, so I'm ready. I'm ready for that to happen. <laughs> it's like, okay, we've got his backstory oh now. God. We see him trying to break the ice with mm-hmm, his crew. Mm-hmm. Now let's see him in the showers. <laughs> you said that like you were preparing for some kind of like sat test. I'm ready. I've done the studying. I've done all the preparation. I'm ready to take this test. I'm ready. Let's put him in the shower. Listen. One of the things that I know that I can count on in Shondaland properties yes. is sex. Yes, yes, okay? yes, yes, yes. That's and this true. season of Station 19 has not been as sexy as the first season. So the first season, they reeled me in. They I got was going to say, that's how they hook you. Yeah, they got me. Now they're doing all this like, oh, everybody's, you know, stressed and shit, which is whatever. <laughs> um, <laughs> but I just want, after we come back from this fall finale, mm. I'm ready to see bodies. <laughs> You sound like a serial killer. <laughs> <laughs> a thirsty serial killer. I'm here to see some bodies. Um, I fully understand that and yeah. I appreciate that urge because I too am a fan of a, a shower shirtless scene. Mm-hmm, I'm mm-hmm. very here for it. And like you said, the one thing that we can count on with Shonda Land is, especially when Shonda was like, let's cast fucking Boris Kojo. Yes. Like she knew what she did. Like yes. she had, I'm sure she had a conversation with the, the show and she's like, all right, listen, guys. <laughs> Okay, there's a lady in New York called Nicole Perkins. She's gonna want to see this. All right, don't let me down. I am. I am very hopeful that. Yeah. And, you know. And the thing is, what I love also is that the minute his shirt is off, you are gonna text me. Oh, absolutely. <laughs> and I'm gonna be like, hold on, let me get the telly on, and it's absolutely. gonna be amazing. We're gonna have a, a first moment of bonding, and I, I can't wait for that. So yeah, Boris, yeah. man. And you know, it's something that I've noticed, uh, like with our favorite Chris Evans and mm-hmm. now Boris, as they take on more serious roles. Mm-hmm. 
they are shirtless less often. I know. I'm proud of my boyfriends, but I want more for them. I want them to be shirtless more for me. Right. <laughs> just, just a little flash of just, something. You know what? You've nailed it. Do you remember when we were talking about Prince Harry mm-hmm. uh, You know, in a previous episode and we brought up the clip that kind of reveals just like a sliver of yeah. the skin of his abdomen? Mm-hmm. Sometimes I think to myself, you know, very much in the language of... Um, Hamilton, that would be enough. I just, I just want to see a sliver. You don't have to give me the whole goods, right? But you can give me a preview of said goods, right? Because I will literally fill in the blanks with my imagination. Yeah. But if you give me that starting point, man, I can build you a castle of dreams. I just want to see Boris Kojo mm-hmm. in the little fighter fighter suspender shirtless. You <laughs> are such a cliche. I know. <laughs> I am grabbing my chest right I know. Now. I feel like you also wanted to be carrying a host, don't you? Yes. Wearing the hat. Yes. You are a mess. Yes. You're a 1980s cliche. I a- really am. <laughs> I really am. It's so funny because, you know, my little friend, mm-hmm. he... Um, he does manual labor. He works with his hands a lot and stuff like that. So sure every he now does. and then he'll like text me like, hey, I'm I'm chopping wood. I'm like, oh, <laughs> send me a pic. Oh, God. <laughs> I'm so basic. You really are. Like, this is the most basic thing you have ever confessed to me. And I am, I'm appalled, but also delighted for you. Because once you discover who your true first persona is, yeah. you're never alone again, friend. Oh, thank you. You're never alone again. <laughs> it's Boris Kojo yes. for you. Yes. So to go back to the Fufu and the Sauerkraut thing. Yes. Um, he is, of course, uh, he's half German. He was mm-hmm. born He was born in Vienna in Austria. Mm-hmm. His mother is, is uh, German. Mm-hmm. Uh, and his, his father is a Ghanaian doctor. And uh, I just love the fact that this beautiful uh, black man is also partly white. Like, in a very real way. Like, he's, he's half European. Yeah, and he speaks German. Yes, he does. Uh, does he speak any other languages? He speaks English and he speaks French. Okay. Like, yeah. you know, he, apparently he even speaks a little bit of Spanish. I know. It's like, why are you so overachieving, Boris? You're already fine, which is not the correct attitude, kids. I apologize. <laughs> but what I'm saying is, is, he literally does not need to be any more special. And he is. And, you know, like, I can imagine, like, I, I think this a lot about attractive people. Like, mm-hmm. when did they first know that they were hot? Right. Because I feel like Boris must have known very early on because he is so beautiful. Right. When you start modeling, that has to, that typically starts when you're very young. Right. Right. Because, you know, that's when they can exploit you best. Yes, right. <laughs> but there's something about, you know, the way he looks. And it's like, it's, it feels very timeless. And, mm-hmm. you know, you've mentioned it before. There is, you mentioned his voice and mm-hmm. how it's a very deep voice. And I just, I, I just, I'm trying to figure out how all the parts kind of came together when he thought, oh, this is what I'm going to do. Yeah. And I just, I, I love thinking about that and, and then seeing how that translates. Because here is this guy who is born into a certain kind of, you know, mindset. You're mixed race. You are clearly from all over the world in terms of like where you get to travel and where you are, you know, your, your whole life. Your, your experience from the get go is international in scope because that's literally the origins of how you got to be here. And you know he's 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 got a he's got a, a brother as well who's also you know a little chocolate drop of goodness. Although can I just say Boris is my far the hotter brother. 
No shade to his life. It's a lid for every pot. But yes. So he's got this brother called Patrick and he's got this beautiful wife and two beautiful children. And, you know, like we said, we're not really interested in the personal lives mm-hmm. of, of people in this right. way. But I also have to say that when I see him and Nicole, Ari Parker together, yeah, my, my heart grows two or three sizes. Yeah. And they seem to have a really good um, handle on being in the public while also keeping their children safe from the limelight, you know? Right. And I, I appreciate that. So, the, you know, like you said earlier, they are doing charity work, but they also just don't share too much about their kids' lives and we don't see them often unless they're showing us them. Right. Right. And I I just and and this is the thing, they live they live in California. Mm-hmm. They live in Hollywood. It's not as though it's not as though they are kind of like remote. Like it's not because they're they're not absent because they're in, I don't know, fucking Montana. They are in Los Angeles. Right. And there is a, a clearly a decision has been made. This is what we share, this is what we don't share. This is what we put out, this is what we don't put out. Mm-hmm. And I I just like I think it's very old fashioned and I like that because it really is a case of we are just two actors. The children are not actors. They mm-hmm. are not in this world. Mm-hmm. We don't have to put that out there. They barely put themselves out there in that way. And right. I'm, I'm glad of it. Like, they just, they are the epitome of put your head down, do your work. Yes. And I appreciate yes. that. And I do find that very hot because I think to myself, wow, if I was a Doris Kircher, he would also protect me and our children. <laughs> and I like that because as we've established, Nicole and I are very, very basic people. I'm trying, let me see. I think I've got a clip of him speaking German. Mm. Hold do on it, just a do second. it. Put that directly in my ears. The hottest thing in the whole video, he speaks German. Deutsch is the best. The Deutsch is the schönste Sprache, vor allem in the Süden aufgewachsen ist. Französisch kommt danach und dann Englisch. Oh, that's a guttural language. It's not a pretty language. It's so pretty when he does it. And she's not wrong. Right. It is a very guttural language. And it is. It's uh, unfamiliar to American ears, right? Right. The pattern, the speech patterns of German. Mm -hmm. Um, But again, he makes it, I mean, everything he does is... Yeah. Yeah. He's very good at that. Because, like, listen, when I first got to Germany as well, I was, you know, you, 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 I used to live in Berlin. I should mm-hmm. make that clear. But there was, like, the whole thing about, oh, the language. that, And I got there and I was like, wait a goddamn minute. It's not even that guttural. I think people have, like, a real idea of what German is. It's very mm-hmm. harsh and it's mm-hmm. because they've learned it from German villains on screen. Yeah, right. And propaganda. Then, right. It's all propaganda. It's kind of like, you know, Brits are... More intelligent. I mean, true, but also not true oh, at all. Boy, not even, go. not even a little bit here true. But that's the idea that you know all the all the British accents are from you know scientists or people telling. And it's like, well, that's not strictly true. This is all of all of it is learned. It's all a construct, fam. Mm-hmm. And then Boris is kind of like, listen, I'm just going to be hot and speak some German. I'm like, that'll do, pig. Right, that'll do. I don't even know what he said. He probably I mean, was like, you stupid Americans making me speak German to you. I, I mean, don't, he, may, he that's probably what it was, and it wouldn't be the first time if that is indeed what he said because he has put his foot directly in his mouth previously yeah because there was a moment wasn't there in 2011 Mm -hmm. when he said some shit yeah Uh, I think it was on Twitter when he was like he had a nightmare about a 300 pound woman in in thongs yeah gnawing on chicken wings while grinding on me scary yeah and it's like bruh do you know the source of your bread and butter like beyond (laughs) beyond anything just first of all what a dickish thing to say right like oh no a big woman wants to have sex with me how awful right and then even his follow-up was incredibly ridiculous it was concerned trolley and he was like just to make it clear i love all women as a community we have to be more conscious of our health the numbers are shocking and then he kind of talks a lot about obesity and african-american women and how this is down to and it's just kind of like boris boris 
when you find that you are in a hole, <laughs> it is a very good idea to stop digging. Like Bim said, we as in black women mm-hmm. are his bread and butter mm-hmm. for the most part. Or, to, mm-hmm. or we were. That's how he got to the point where he can be on a Shondaland show. Listen. Okay. <laughs> You're talking about you went from soul food to Shondaland. Mm-hmm. Anyway. I guess he eventually cleaned that up. I don't know. Yeah. I, I mean, but people just had to move on. That's you know, it. somebody else probably was an ass and, <laughs> you know, forgot. We forgot about his comment. There's just so many hours in the day. And it's like there's always someone saying something foolish somewhere. I feel right. like I'm always kind of like putting on my camera. Oh, I've got to go. got to fly to the next emergency. Right. Someone else is chatting shit. Yeah. Somewhere. And this is why I am so firmly that my my brand is about men on their knees, because if they're on their <laughs> knees, they're not talking and saying something stupid mates what a word you really are a pastor <laughs> and i am i'm appreciative of your ministry because that's exactly correct like the less talking you're doing the fewer ways there are for you to fuck up i yes. mean it's, it's, it's not i can't rule it out completely right but the chances are significantly reduced and yeah boris this is this is also how we mean and we say this you know fairly you know fairly often we fancy men despite themselves mm. I cannot stress that enough. This is all happening despite, mm-hmm. not because of. Mm-hmm. Because if it was because of, there would be no human race left. And I just want to point that out. That even when we fancy the people that we fancy and we, you know, we have all these feelings, more often than not, there is something complicated in the background that's just making you kind of just roll your eyes and be like, what the fuck, man? Yeah. Because Boris literally could have sat there and ate his food. Yes. And instead he had to say something and then try and walk it back. And then it's just like, come on, just don't do it. So if you're listening, Boris, I hope you've learned your lesson to shut the entire fuck up <laughs> on the things that you know nothing about and stop trying to couch that in some kind of concerned trolley fuckery. Don't do it. Right. Don't right. do it. All men shouldn't do it, but not you, Boris. You're too fine for that shit. Right. You're too I just pretty. Wanna, I want to fancy you in peace. <laughs> help me help myself. Please. <laughs> but also, Boris, um, can you come give us a hug? <laughs> wow, what a switcheroo. <laughs> Fuck you, Boris. Also, hey, where's my hug, Boris? Wow. <sighs> this was a... Uh... It was a good thirsty episode. You know what? Like we mentioned up top, sometimes you don't even know how deep it goes <laughs> until you examine I know how it. Deep oh it my goes. God. You know what? <laughs> Do you know what? I'm not indulging this nonsense, okay? I feel like there's going to be plenty of this shit in your travel to come. And I just, I, you know what? Fanfic Wars at this point is just an exercise in just like, it's, it's a journey into your mind. Um, I'm, ready to, I'm ready to pay the toll every time. But sometimes I come out and I'm like, wow, I need a shower because I've seen some things. Uh, shout out to your travels, Nicole. Consistently fucking up a whole cross section of the population. That's my favorite. That's my favorite message that we get. It's like, what the fuck, Nicole? And I'm like, I love how aggressive people are about loving your work. They're just like, oh, my God. It's great. It's great. So do you want to go first this week? Uh, sure, I can. It was still dark when Boris shook me awake. Baby, wake up. Let's go. The minty, bitter scent of his kiss let me know he'd already been up long enough for his morning coffee. I knew how much he wanted this adventure, so I got dressed with the least amount of grumbling. He drove the resort's golf cart to the edge of the property, squeezing my thigh in excitement. He kept looking at me and smiling, his eyebrows raised, his face shining with the little boy glee that made me fall in love. He remained quiet, letting my brain wake up more fully, but I had to admit his enthusiasm was contagious. 
We trekked away from the cart, moving through man-made trails, our flashlights cutting against the purple-pink darkness of an upcoming sunrise. I insisted on the flashlights. I wanted whatever was out there to see us coming. As a sky-edged lavender, Boris turned to me and whispered, Hurry. We made it to the edge of the riverbank, the waterfall loud and full of dance. Boris kissed my temple, my lips, then took off his clothes faster than our first night together. Bitch. The morning air was still cool, so his skin pebbled in a pattern my hands knew well. He jumped in the water, his cry of surprise and joy rushing up to join a blossoming sky. He was beautiful in that moment, a bronze god unafraid of tarnish, a man with his face to the sun who beamed love my way just before he beckoned me to join him. What the fuck? Are, are, are you done? Yes. <laughs> I. <laughs> what? You said the sky was etched lavender. <laughs> when the time comes and I actually kill you, I want the police to refer back to this episode. Why? Because you made poetry out of lust. <laughs> and I'm on the one hand very proud of you. Thank you. And on the other, like I said, I will kill you. <laughs> wow. So Skinny do you think in uh, a waterfall with Boris Kojo? Yes. That's what you did here. Yes. Wow. Yes. You said he was a bronze god unafraid of tarnish. Yes. When the time comes, <laughs> do you want to die quick or slow? Because I will kill you. Because bronze does not rust. It, it doesn't. tarnishes. It does not rust. Look at you. Come through science education. Listen, you got to check these things, okay? You can't just be like saying shit out there. You no. got to be able to like and I look appre- some stuff up. I appreciate you saying that because you are a poet and in fact have poetic license. And you were like, yeah, accuracy is my license. Yes. And I appreciate that. Yes. All right. Well. Mine is not on a waterfall. Okay. But I'm sure it's wonderful. I mean, that's incredibly generous, you bitch. Um, I say that with love. I say that with nothing but love. I accept it with love. Okay, good. (laughs) All right, let's let's try this one. I apologize if it's a bit wordy. I kind of got a bit carried away because it's the time of year. It, It does this to me. Oh. He'd been coming to the coffee shop every day for two weeks now. And here he was again, 6'4", and in possession of the most magnificent lean, heading towards the counter. Today he was dressed in what would have been a cliché look right out of a catalogue, a white t-shirt peeking out under a chunky knit jumper the colour of rust. His long legs encased in a medium wash pair of jeans, elegant dark brown Chelsea boots on his feet. With the slight stubble of his jaw adding to the rustic light look, he looked like an autumnal symphony. At the counter, I saw him smile at the barista, who returned it with a dazzled grin of his own as he placed his usual order, a peppermint hot chocolate. That's what I'd been calling him all this time. (coughs) I'd first heard him give voice to that order over the machines whirring and done a comical double take when I'd seen to whom that deep rumble belonged. Today, he picked up his drink and dropped a couple of dollars into the tip jar without waiting for the staff to see him do so, I noticed, before scanning the cafe for a place to sit. And I waited. Eventually, his eyes alighted on the chair next to mine. I saw him slowly raise his gaze to meet mine before he raised his eyebrows questioningly. I smiled, nothing too eager, even though my heart rate kicked up a notch just then, and inclined my head slightly in invitation. I watched more openly now as he wended his way through the tables until there he was, even more beautiful up close. Is this seat free? he asked. Not anymore, I replied. I'm Boris, he said, his wide mouth curving attractively. Ah, finally, a name. 
<laughs> okay, I see you. Yeah, thank you. I yeah. see you. It's I autumn. You. You know. Yes. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. If you can't do an AU coffee shop fic, what is the point of autumn? <laughs> I'm sorry. What is the fucking point? I like how we both had like coffee some kind of way. In so, the, like, what's happening? What's okay? <laughs> we see each other. <laughs> Okay. When you said mint, I was like, rah, okay. <laughs> Nicole, I uh, love I love listening to you read the things that have come from your thirst brain. Uh, and I just I just want to say that very clearly and explicitly because I've been very kind of ridiculous in, in kind of bigging you up and yelling at you this this, yes. this particular fanfic was. But it's it's because I am genuinely in awe of your talent. Uh, I think you. you have an uncanny gift for really drilling down <laughs> to the important <laughs> thirst bits that so many of us have. And I want to say this exclusively and like without any kind of, you know, just purely, I mean this, you inspire me every week with your uh. drabbles to be a better writer, <laughs> to go in search of a better metaphor, to try uh, and think of myself in new scenarios. And that's down to you, friend. Uh, so thank, thank you. you. Thank you. I'm terrible at compliments, so thank you. <laughs> wow. Okay. I just poured my heart out, but what else? <laughs> and your lack of ability uh, to take a fucking compliment. Yes. It's my favorite thing about you. Mm. Anyway, guys, um, as we say every single week, nobody is a loser. However, someone must lose. So <laughs> we are going <laughs> to put up the drabbles on our Twitter, which is Thursday Kit. And you can vote for the uh, the drabble that moved you. Will it be Boris in a fucking waterfall, <laughs> naked as the day he was born? In a sunrise. Fam. She said etched in lavender. <laughs> or will it be Boris in a coffee shop wearing a symphony in autumn? It is up to you. Uh, please vote. It'll be up. Uh, we'll give you a day to let the stories marinate. Mm-hmm. Uh, and then, you know, you make a choice. Um, there are no losers, honestly. Um, we just want you to unleash the writing muscle and uh, do some drabbling of your own. Yeah. And, you know, if you want to send them to us, please do so. You can send them to us at ThursdayKit at BuzzFeed.com. We love reading them aloud on the show and just being like, wow, y'all are nasty. That's it. And that's a lot coming from Nicole. I just want you to understand the bar here. If you are nastier than Nicole, if you make Nicole blush, then you should be writing erotica, okay? That's it. PG erotica. That's what all of this is. Wow. Thursday Kit is produced by us, Nicole Perkins and Bim Adewumi, TK Dutess and Camila Salazar. Our music is by Tanya Morgan. You can follow the show on Twitter at First Aid Kit and we are at Tennessee Whiskey Woman, that's T-N Whiskey with an E Woman and Bimadew, which is B-I-M-A-D-E-W. Plus, we are on Tumblr and you can find everything that we talk about on the show as well as a good number of GIFs and filthy photos. And that is at thirstaidkitpodcast.tumblr.com. Please, please come first with us and ask us questions. Don't forget to head over to Apple Podcasts to leave a review and rate the show. It helps other people discover Thursday Kit. I don't know where they've been, maybe under a rock or something. But we always appreciate five stars and, you know, good, honest reviews. Yeah, which will say that they're perfect, yes. right? Okay, good. Um, if you love to your listen, please use the hashtag T-A-K-P-O-D, that's TACPOD. And you can send us emails of, I don't know, whatever you're feeling on that day to thirstaidkit at buzzfeed.com. And as always, stay thirsty. Bye. Dear Thirst Buckets, you asked, we delivered. Thirst Aid Kit merchandise is now available in the official BuzzFeed shop. 
go to bzfd.it forward slash shop tech pod. That's S-H-O-P. T-A-K-P-O-D and have a look at what's available. We'll also post the link on our Tumblr and on our Twitter. And you can find us on Twitter at Thirst Aid Kid and on Tumblr at thirstaidkidpodcast.tumblr.com. Nicole, I'm so excited that we have merch. I can't wait to see everybody wearing their merchandise. It's, it's been a long time coming. Listen, <laughs> people are going to be out here just, you know, selling the story of Thirst Aid Kid while showcasing, if they have them, their breasts in a classy but obvious fashion. It's going to be great. <laughs> I'm excited. I can't wait to see everybody in their shirts, to see all the pop sockets on phones, whatever else is out there. I don't want to give too much away. I feel like people are going to begin to send us photos, and that's what I'm most excited about. I want to see people wearing and carrying BuzzFeed Thursday Aid Kit merchandise just out in the world. Uh, I'm so excited already. I just can't wait to see everybody's pictures. Exactly. So one more time, what was that uh, shop link? Go to bzfd.com. IT forward slash shop tech pod and buy everything. <laughs> what a directive. I love it.